Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, October 11, 2015. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator. The share ID for Friday, October 9th is 8098. That's 8098. This morning, A Vision for You presents, How Can We Get Permanent Recovery? The purpose of the big book is to change your life through a 12-step process of personal transformation leading to a spiritual awakening. If you're suffering from compulsive overeating, the big book provides clear directions as to how you can experience such an awakening. Those of us who have walked this path can assure you of its effectiveness. We once suffered in hopelessness and despair. Now, we are new people with a new purpose. We have been transformed. Becoming recovered means the problem has been solved. It's been removed. We are no longer fighting. We have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have been given the gift of freedom. The only requirement is that we stay in fit spiritual condition. Joining us this morning is Phil D., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Phil is both a student and a teacher of the Big Book, and he is enthusiastic and very dedicated to carrying this message of recovery. Welcome to you, Phil, and thank you. Hello. Can you hear me? Absolutely. All right. Um, Okay. So I'm going to put it, how, how long is it on the clock? 45 minutes to an hour, my friend. Wow. Okay. Well, I hereby uh, uh, hereby start the clock. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Phil. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I am so glad to be here with you guys at Vision for You. My home group is the There is a Solution meeting in New York City. Um, if you ever get around that way, uh, we have a website that you can check it out, and also we post up our uh, speakers too. So if you want to check out some big book action, much like your 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 thing is also very inspirational and in helping people around the world. Um, the website for that is www oabigbooknyc.org. And if you ever want to contact me, I'll give my number right now, 646-409-4261. Let's see, I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous on November 1st, 2008. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, November 1st, 2008 at roughly um, 296 pounds. At my my most, I was... uh, let's see, 313, varying back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I got abstinent on, with, the, with the help of God or my higher power, whoever wants to speak about that. Um, that is uh, July 1st, uh, 2009. So notice there was a lot of, you know, shenaniganery between, between that and that, a lot of back and forth, a lot of taking my will back. But my question is about that. Uh, today, today's uh, topic is, how do how do we get permanent recovery? How did I get permanent recovery? Well, you know what? You know, it's permanent on a daily basis kind of a thing. I mean, think of it like that. They always talk. You know, you know when you hear about uh, recovery being permanent, I, I they always refer to Dr. Bob. You know, when they talk about the beginning of AA, the the origins of AA is always the birth of our society dates from his day of permanent sobriety which is June 10th, 1935. He was able to get permanently recovered. Now, you know how they can tell he got permanently recovered? He died. So, you know, he did this, 
and he did it all the way till he died, never to drink again. And um, so I think of it like this. Uh, so I was always very obsessed with this thing. How can people get permanent recovery? What's up with that? I mean, you just they always say, don't drink and don't die. But there's some other things you have to do in between that. Because um, even if, uh, I think it was referenced in um, the 12 and 12, they always say, you know, if you think about the whole drink and don't die concept, it's always, they always say, um, you know, if just putting down the thing, putting down the food, or, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, only a bare start on AA's program has been made, or OA's program. More society brought about by the admission of, of you know, this disease um, and by attendance at a few meetings is very good indeed, but it's bound to be a far cry from permanent sobriety and a contented, useful life. So they're throwing it out there. The whole AA folks are putting it out there saying, that it's a far cry from permanent sobriety and a contented, useful life. So they're saying that we can get this. We can get a contented, useful life and permanent sobriety. It says nothing short of continuous action upon these as a way of life. Steps, the, the remaining steps of the AA program, now this is in step three of the 12 and 12. Um, so they say where the remaining steps of AA program come in, nothing short of continuous action upon these as a way of life can bring a uh, can bring the much-desired result. The much-desired result that they're talking about is permanent recovery. So I'm going to go back and forth and talk about, about these things and how these things come to play. Um, now, note, um, what I'm talking about here, this is just my story. Uh, other results may vary, you know, but um, from my work in uh, doing the steps and stuff like that, I, you know, I guess it's been six years abstinent, and it's like, it's crazy. No, no, no. I, I still get opportunities of, of, of growth here. You know, uh, pain is the touchstone of growth. And, you know, and, you know, they always talk about growing pains. And even yesterday, you know, I'm going to speak today. I'm, I'm you know, going to work with a sponsee. I'm do these things, you know, oh, pray, meditate, get all these things in. And still, I can act wacky out of my mind. Um, I was at a, a dinner situation. and. Um, I went, I went to the restaurant and they didn't have, they, they had the thing that I wanted, but it was, it was undercooked, so I had it sent back. And then they, 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 they actually me and my girlfriend, they, they sent it back and then they, they sent it in to me and uh, they, they, they brought one of the items and uh, I said she could have it and I'll wait for mine to arrive. And they said, I mean, after she was eating it and stuff like that, then, um, I said, excuse me, where's mine? I'm waiting patiently, praying, and, you know, being all cool about it. And they said, oh, we don't have any more. We, we threw it away. We threw away the ones that you originally sent back, and we threw them away. And I was like, and we don't have any more of it. it was just that one that we gave that you passed out to your girlfriend. So my reaction, like, you know how, you know, where was God in all this? I mean, I just flipped out. I was just like. I just wanted that thing. And, of course, my girlfriend doesn't understand. She, she is um, not into recovery. She doesn't get it. She, she's just like, hey, you know, why don't you just have, you know, like a little, I have half of mine left over. Why don't you just have it? And I'm like, no, I want mine. I want the one that I sent back. And, you know, she's not getting it. And she's like, I'm acting wacky here. Where is God in all this? And this is what it all boils down to. Where is, where is that recovery that we're talking about that, you know, I don't want to be that, that kind of wild um, person that, that's, that's dry. I don't want to be dry. I didn't come in here for so dryity. 
my food so dryity? I want food so variety about this thing because it has to do with more than the food. It has to do with my behavior. Even though I'm not picking up these bad items or not doing the things, not acting the way that I used to act, which is like, you know, waking up in the middle of the night completely covered in wrappers, you know, um, you know, totally like wheezing and snoring so loud that I wake myself up or, or choking in the middle of the night every night thinking that I'm going to die every night because of my sleep apnea. I don't want that anymore. And the way that I have to get away from that is to remember that we're doing these steps. We're doing the things here. You know, it all boils down to doing the work and dependence upon a higher power, which I personally like to call God. Now, mine is an, is, my higher power is, is, is way, way, you know, it's a broad, you know, they talk as broad and roomy. I mean, my God is, is, is pretty big. My concept is it's pretty wild. I was, I was brought up Catholic, but um, I was able to take upon those things when I, I did my step two um, and take my concept of a higher power originally because I was brought up, I felt a, kind of a very punitive, mean, God destroys people for thinking bad thoughts kind of a thing. And I was able to build upon that and think about what, what I wanted my higher power to be. And um, I was able to come up with a concept which is a broad, gloomy God that, that really thinks I'm a good idea, that thinks I'm, I'm a good thing, and um, includes many different, you know, quantum thinking, like, you know, the God of this universe and many other simultaneous, you know, universes all going down to all these various different um, infinite universes all simultaneously going on at the same time. And if, if, I mean, come on, our universe is pretty big, pretty darn big. I mean, we can't even map it all. I mean, to think that we're these small specks of dust on this small, this little tiny rock floating around in space, you know, surrounding a ball of gas, and then there's a whole bunch of millions and millions and millions, not even millions, billions that are going on, you know, and to think that we could determine that we are on a planet. When before, you know, for, you know, we couldn't do this. And we didn't know. But now we know. And, and, and to believe that, you know, that people were dying of this you know, People are still dying of this disease. But we're able to get that recovery, you know, a day at a time. Because we're doing this, doing this, doing what works. They always talk about the percentage of people in OA or even in AA that are getting the amount of recovery and the turnover of recovery and the turnover of recovery. And um, they say, oh, it's only a small amount of people that are getting recovery and, and all these things. But you have to understand, um, I have to look at it in, in, in my own way. I have to see what am I doing about my recovery? What am I doing? You know, because, you know, God does God does for me what I can't do for myself, but there's a lot that I can do for myself and I have to do for myself. You know, my sponsor laid these tools at my feet. I have to pick them up and I have to do something with it because if I don't do something with it, you know, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. And, you know, at least, you know, that's what I'm seeing here. Um, so uh, back to, oh, let me see. Back to Dr. Bob. Now, uh, they always say uh, he, was, uh, going over to the, forward to the second edition, I love, I love that they have this quote in here from, about, about him where they talk about, you know, he was uh, able to, uh, once a bill came in and passed him the idea 
of what of, of what uh, Dr. Silkworth, you know, told him about the concept of, of this illness being an allergy, and it's one of the, the best things. I actually, uh, me and my homeboy Scotty K, we do a, a, a big book study, and, and actually, um, and we're talking about allergy and the allergy of it. And uh, we, we, I, I recently bought an old 1935 dictionary, and in the dictionary, allergy isn't in there because allergy, you know, it's this. Now we know it's like this reaction to an outside stimulus kind of a thing. But back then, they didn't know about that. They didn't know. And uh, that's one of the best things I like about it because it wasn't in the dictionary. It would have been in the medical journal. It would have been in one of those big medical things. But, you know, so that was was cool. Um, Now, let's see. Oh, yeah, sorry, getting distracted here. And it says over here, he sobered never to drink again to the moment of his death, like I was saying. It seemed to prove, this seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect no other, um, affect another as no alcoholic could. It is also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. So that means they're saying that we could get this permanent recovery. Permanent recovery is totally available to us. And it's at a daily basis. It's on a day at a time if we can do this. You know, so anybody can do this. We can, you know, all right. It always goes back to, it says here, burn the idea and the consciousness. That, now, this is all the way over it, working with others. It says, um, and when they're talking about one alcoholic working with another, burn the idea and the consciousness of every man and woman that he or she can get well regardless of anyone. Anybody could get this. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. Trust God, clean house, help others. We do these things. If we do these things, we can get them. Hello? Hello? What was that? Hello? Is everybody still there? We hear you, Phil. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> okay, no problem. Just, Just keep going. <laughs> All right, I right, think. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I'm going to bounce ahead. Let's see. Ah, yes, here. And now I'm all the way over in, in how it works here. Um, and they're talking about, uh, and this is uh, how it works on page 63. Um, they're talking about, um, next we uh, launched out on a course of vigorous action. So after we make those decisions, we, we're making those decisions. Like First we, we see, hey, you know, I have a problem with food. I realize that, you know. Hey, take a look over that with your right sponsor. And then uh, second up, um, you come to this conclusion of a power greater than yourself and, and see, can, can this power greater than yourself like relieve you of this insanity that has been going on in step one? You know, you know, it's like I told you my concept. And my concept is always constantly, constantly changing. Um, then I'm able to turn my will and my life over to this God and say, you know, you know do, the, do the, 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 the prayer over there. Uh, God, I offer myself to thee, to both of me, and do with me so well. Oh, I just love that one. And relieving me of the bondage of self, because relieve me, I can wreck it. I burn it down. I push people away. And like uh, like you saw at the restaurant, I still can get a little wacky. And I have to be able to apologize to people. I have to be able to, to pray for them. I have to be able to pray for myself, forgive myself. Because even this morning, when I was doing my praying and meditation, still beating myself up about that. But you know what? I have to let those things go. 
and I let those things go, I, you know, step up and help other people. So then once I get that going on, you know, offering myself over to God and, you know, doing God's will, then I'm able to, 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 to start doing the rest of the stuff, you know. Um, then it says over here at the bottom, at 63. Next, we launch out into a course of vigorous action. First step is a personal house cleaning, um, which many of us have never attempted. So this is some step four action. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless followed with a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom. So my food was but a symptom. I had to get down to causes and conditions. So that means I need to be able to start doing that personal inventory. And I tell you, even now, that still looking back and doing that, 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 that tense stuff and being able to see, hmm, where am I screwing up here? What am I doing? What are, you know, am I asking God to, to remove these defects of character? Am I taking a look at these defects of character and having them removed on a daily basis? I've got to get with that. Like I said, you know, if I'm not going forward, I'm going backwards on this thing. And I have to be on top of that situation because, you know, I want to live. I want to live my life. And, and things have been going good so far, but, you know, it could go backwards quick. It really could. So, uh, I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people, and um, I speak to a lot of people that are constantly going out. And, um, you know, and I work with a lot of people and, and uh, take them through the steps the best that I can, the way where my sponsor took me. And um, I've seen people die. You know, I've seen people get diabetes from this and close friends um, get their legs amputated and just give up. Just give up and just want the right thing and then just turn around and just say it's just too hard. It's just just too hard and just give up and die and it's 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 a weird no it's not weird it's 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 i sometimes under, don't understand like how am i able to get recovery just this recovery on a daily basis you know just how can i have this just for today and some people don't get it. You know, I, I, could, I could wish this for people. I could wish this for people as much as they want. I've gotten, uh, I got a text the other day of somebody that's just like, um, don't contact me anymore. I don't want this thing. And, you know, and then they start calling me back and they're just like so beaten down because this disease is cutting, baffling, and powerful. And it, it, it will, it kills but it's the worst kind, the slowest kind, the slowest death. I remember when I thought, like, when I couldn't stop eating compulsively and I, and I didn't have any sort of solution, um, I remember going through this and being like, I'm going to die. So my mom died at 50 of this disease. And on her deathbed, she totally changed my life, and I didn't understand. Um, so what I thought is, if I can't get this recovery, I just might as well kill myself. and my idea was just to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat whatever I wanted, as much as I wanted, because I wanted to die. And then I learned something. You don't die fast enough. It's painful. It was the worst. Pushing people away, stopping, showering, you know, smelling horrible, not even taking care of myself. And it all goes back to, 
I could I could take this back. I could think about you know therapy and stuff like that and how it, it it harkens back to things that happened to me as a child. I felt neglected and all these things. But the main point is, I'm not there anymore. I'm here now. And what can I do to make this right? And the way that I make this right, it's kind of like a personal amends to myself. And it's giving myself the opportunity to get that recovery. The, even if you don't believe in any sort of higher power, because I know I talk to a lot of people that, that, that don't believe in anything. You could just believe in the, the, the people in the room. I mean, you know, places like, you know, here in Vision for You, man, I mean, you guys got the convention going on. You're going to see a lot of other people that got together. People that, some people started out, they didn't believe in anything. Just even if they could believe in the room. Even if they could put their faith in the faith that their, that their, that their, that their sponsor has. If they could do that just a little bit, just for today, if they could just get the recovery just for one day and then just try to build on that the next day. And, yeah, sometimes you knock it down because the disease is so great that it will just push you back, push you back to do this, the bad thing again. And it's happened to me many times. You know, I, I, rationalization, lying to myself, forget it. It doesn't matter. What the hey? Nobody cares. Your higher power cares. Even if you don't believe in your higher power, your higher power believes in you. And it's waiting. It's just waiting for you to want to do the good thing. Now, subsequently, the disease is also waiting for you. And it's doing push-ups. And it's got the bow flex. And it's got all these things. It's doing tie bow. And it's ready to kick your, your, your toughest, all right? So you might want to just try and get on the team that, that, of the people that, that want you to you know, do the good thing. And now note, it says uh, <laughs> frothy uh, uh, stuff, you know, family and friends all wishing for you to do the good thing ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to do it. You know, it all boils down to what little things you can do. What is a little thing you can do? Um, I always was in the position where I found myself, I, I suddenly picked up this thing and I ate it. Uh, dude, what was it doing in your house? Um, you know, it's, it's preparing for the prelapse. It's going to this thing, to this, to, you know. So how can I not do those things? How can I not do those things on a daily basis? It all boils down to being around people. You know, for me, for me, for, for me, this recovery is being around a lot of people that are also doing the same thing as you, getting a nice sober network. You know, there's a lot of people on here on this line, gives you their numbers. You can talk to them on a daily basis. You know, reach out to others. Tell people what you're doing. I'm working with my sponsees. I'm doing these things. I'm doing those things. So that you'll know. You get that automaticity. You teach yourself on a daily basis to do these things. I mean, seriously, I'm praying every day. I'm doing these things every day. Where was that when I couldn't get that food item at that restaurant? Where was it? It was nowhere to be found because I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. Self-will. There were so many different things. I was talking with my friend afterwards. And going over this, you know, turning over a, a, a kind of a 10-step situation and uh, thinking about that and just, you know, there's so many things I could have done. I didn't really need that thing, that item, but I wanted it. I wanted it. And I know there's a lot of people in, in listening right now that understand that. I want what I want when I want it. But, you know... Sometimes I gotta align my will. Sometimes, all the time, every time, every single time, I gotta align my will with my my higher powers. 
What does my higher power want for me? My higher power doesn't want me freaking out over food like that because it's not about the food. It's not about the food. It's not about the shopping. It's not about the sex. It's not about the drugs. It's not about the drinking. All those things are but a symptom, a symptom of me. I am a selfish, self-centered person that only wants what I want when I want it. And the way to get out of that thing is to start to become selfless. And I get to become selfless by doing the work looking in there, looking at the people I've harmed, doing those things, fixing those situations, making those amends, reaching out, all these things that we do. You know, I'll speak for myself personally, all the things that I have to do on a daily basis that's going to help me is getting in there, doing those things, looking at my character defects on a daily basis, the ones that keep coming back, procrastinating. I have to do this. I have to do that. And when I don't do it, I feel bad. And when I feel bad, I want to self-soothe. And I want to self-soothe with the food. I want what I want when I want it. So I got to just get away from that mantra and think that God's will be done, not mine. What does my higher power want for me? my higher power doesn't want me to be acting out like that. My higher power wants me to be helping others. My higher power wants me to, you know, clean house physically and mentally. My higher power wants me to help others. Yeah. And I do these things on a daily basis. I have to. People ask me, aren't you cured? (laughs) I I really love um, going out with a person that that isn't in program because she looks at this with such... A fresh eye, and she's like, I don't get it. You know, I, I really don't understand this thing. And I always say that the reason I'm even in a relationship with you is because of this program. She's like, oh, you don't have to go to the program today, or you don't have to do this thing today. I got to do this thing every day. I got to take these calls every day. I got to make these calls every day. I got to do these things every day. And she's like, I don't get it. You, you don't get it because you don't have this disease. I have this threefold disease of mind, body, and spirit. And for that, I need a spiritual solution. You know, I have this, you know, this, this problem, man, that, that other people just, you know, other people, if they didn't have the item that they had or they, they threw it away so you couldn't get it, they would, people would be, they'd be cool with that. They'd be like, oh, no problem. I'll just get it next time. But not for me. You know, I always think it reminds me of, I used to eat my food like a dog eats his food. Like, you know, Dog doesn't, you know, I've, I've observed, you know, this is me just, I guess, putting my, uh, taking a dog's inventory, but the dog is eating like, like he's never going to eat again. Like he doesn't know if he'll ever eat again. So I'm going to eat like that. That's the way I ate. So now, you know, I have to be able to, on a daily basis, be able to back up off that, you know. And and it's, it's great. You know, and I think it's fantastic that, that I was able to, have that moment yesterday where I felt like I, I was nuts because it gave me a gut check for real, you know, to realize that I was trying to do it on my own. I was trying to self-will them to have another item that I wanted. I was trying to will that, that restaurant to do my will. And they all looked at me with bemused skepticism like, huh, what's this guy flipping out about? Hmm, I don't understand. And of course they don't understand. Doesn't every, can't everybody read my mind? No. Nobody could read my mind. I can't read anybody else's mind. Huh. I have to remember, I don't have these super abilities. All I have is everything that else that every human has. Oh, and, and this disease, which we all have, because trust me on this one. Everybody listening to my voice right now, <laughs> game recognizes game. 
you know, I tell you, if you're listening to this right now, at, at, at right now at, at between 8:30 and, and now, um, you guys aren't doing this because, you know, you're just curious about the. Oh, I'm just curious about if I'm a compulsive overeater. No, man, you're waking up this early in the morning and listening to this because guess what? You got this disease. And it's important for us to listen to other people that also have this disease because the good news is this. A lot of us are crazy, but we're all not crazy at the same time. So that means we could all reach out to others and listen to each other. And I tell you, if somebody doesn't like what I'm saying or somebody doesn't like, oh, this guy is full of hooey or something like that, but it's, it's okay, you know. If you can identify with anything that I'm saying, if you could sort of sympathize, you know, you know, just identify. If, I, if I'm not telling you a story, you know, I'm just telling you what happened to me, you know, that I was able to get this, this, this thing on a daily basis, you know, trying to, trying to go for this, you know, trying to get that permanent recovery. And, and for me personally, that permanent recovery is being able to die, <laughs> to die and be abstinent. That's what I want. I want to be able to die and, 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 you know, sober. And, you know, I don't know how many years I got. You know, it's not for me to know. It's, it's my higher power. When, you know, when it comes, you know what I did? When I was in the disease, I was always scared I was going to die. I was just scared I was going to die of a heart attack. I was scared that I was going to die in the middle of the night um, from sleep apnea and, and choking in the middle of the night. It sucked. I thought I was going to die. Or times that I felt like I was going to get a heart attack. All these different things happening over and over again, you know. And people always coming to me and say, Bill, I'm so concerned for you. I'm so concerned. You, you look like you're going to die. Everybody's always telling me I'm going to die. But now, you know, from doing the work, you know, I don't have those fears anymore. I realize, yeah, I am going to die one day. We're all human. We all die one day. And it's okay, you know. If I could go through this life and help some people, help people as I have been helped, you know, take people through the steps as I have been taken, and just put a person in a position, in a position that they can get the opportunity to get a power greater than themselves, like I have gotten a power greater than myself. And now, no, it's not my job for you to, you know, I'm not going to make you sober. I'm not going to get you sober. I can't get you sober. Only God can get you sober on your food properties and, and you know, just in general because it's, it's more than food. It's in all my behaviors and the stuff that I get and the gifts that I get from this program, being able to show up and be a son and show up and be a worker among workers at my job and to be a boyfriend and to be these things, to make those amends and be able to reach out to, my, like, say, for example, my ex-wife who wanted to kill me dead, wanted to stab me dead for the way that I treated her, and to be able to, sh- to show her and explain to her how I've changed my life. Even recently, we just we go out to eat, we hang out, and we were able to have really good, intelligent talks. And, uh, you know, she really admires my recovery, and it's, 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 it's a gift. It's really a gift to be able to be in this position to, to help. All I wanted to do is just give back what has been given to me. And like I always say, and it's so funny, whenever I, I talk about, like, one day I'll die or whatever, and then people are like, don't be so morbid. Don't be so morbid. I'm not being morbid. I'm just talking about what's, what's real going on. Believe me, I should have been dead by now. You know, all the stuff that I'd been through, all the stuff 
so many times that I, I was going to die between this and, and my other disease, alcoholism, drugs, you know, whatever. Any of those things could have killed me. Any of those things could have taken me out. And now it's like so many years without those things. And you know what? It's, it's a good life. I went to go see my doctor. I went to go see my nutritionist. They're loving me right now. They don't understand. How do you get this thing? How do you do this thing? And it's not me. I have a whole team of people behind me. I have good friends. I have a sponsor. I have sponsors in two programs. <laughs> I have a nutritionist. I have doctors. I have all these people. And, and you know what? A dentist. You know, all these things that I would ignore before because I thought I was invulnerable. I thought I was, you know, I thought I had it going on, but I don't. I just have to be open. I have to do the work. I have to get in there and do these things. If I do those things, I'll get that recovery that they're talking about. I'll get those promises. They're always talking about those nine-step promises. And it's most always so important to know the way that you get those nine-step promises is by getting up to that point of the ninth step. You know, I'm not worrying about the money anymore. and I'm not worrying about, you know, yeah, every once in a while i worried about that thing, but then I always have to think, God's will be done. God's got this. My higher power has got this. And, you're, you know, my higher power is your higher power. Everybody listening to me, any concept of a power greater than yourself, it's, it has many faces. It has many things. All the roads of all the things that we are doing are all leaning back to the thing, which is our higher power whether it's God, whether it's whatever you believe in, whatever Judeo-Christian or not even that, or if you're, if you're Buddhist or whatever your situation is. You could be polytheist. You could be whatever you are. I don't care because the main point is mine works for me, yours works for you, and we can get this on a daily basis. Now, what about the person that's listening to this right now and saying, all right, uh, you're talking about your higher power and everybody's higher power working for them, but it's not working for me. What do I do about that? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions here. You know, how is your step two? How is your step two? Do you believe in a concept greater than yourself? I mean, for me, I was able to, to look at the sky and look at the stars and think, I'm looking at the stars of, I'm looking at a doorway to the past. These are stars that burned millions and millions of years ago, and I'm looking at the star and it's shining upon me right now. The space between this star and my eyes is millions and billions of light years away, but I'm looking at it I could see it. That's crazy. The space between here and there and further than that, that's something way, 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 way bigger than me. There's something in that. Find something that awes you. Find something that you just are agog. You look at it and your mouth hangs open and goes, how does that thing? If it's the ocean, look out at the ocean. If it's, you know, the beauty of music, you know, listen to that music. I don't care if it's Chopin or Led Zeppelin, whatever you're doing, man, whatever you got, get some of that. Find that thing. Find that thing that you love. Because for me, God is love. God wants the best for you or whatever your higher power. And I don't mean to make this a big thing about, you know, <laughs> a big commercial for, for higher power in general, but it always boils down to that. It always boils down to can you find something you can totally get with that you can dig. And, and teaching as a school teacher, this is called the buy-in. If you are able to show students you know what you're talking about and that they can learn this, you could give them that, that little bit of chance that they believe that they can get this. You're giving them that hope. 
you're giving them the buy-in. And if you got them on the buy-in, then you could teach them. You could pull them in. So if there's anything I can do or anything, you know, you just got to get that just concept. And look at the things you like. Look at the things you love. What do you really love in life? There's got to be something. Everybody has something. I mean, besides the food. I mean, for real. I used to love food. I used to think that food was my friend. Food's not my friend. Food is just food. It's fuel. It's just meant to put gas in the car so that I could exist. I mean, I can't get sexy with it like the other people can. Oh, we're going to have this luscious dessert and all that stuff. You know, oh, I'm off to play the grand piano. Well done, well done. But you know what? I can't get any of that. I don't dig it. I don't get sexy with my food like that. That is a luxury. That's a dubious luxury of other people that can eat that stuff with impunity. That is not me. I mean, for me personally, that's not me. All I've got to do is, is there are other things I can get into. I can go out there and get into other stuff, go to movies or and get into yoga or, you know, there's so many other things that I want to do, learn another language. There's so many things I can do to reward myself, get a massage. There's so many things I can do instead of putting myself in the food, helping other people. That's one of the things I do all the time, you know. I suffer from low self-esteem, but the way that I get that esteem back is by doing esteemable acts, doing this stuff. You know, my sponsor always says, oh, okay, I want you to call people and things like that. I call people. Uh, And back in the days, I didn't understand why I was calling people. Calling people helps other people and especially helps you. So I didn't understand that concept, but you know what? After a while, I started to understand that to call somebody and listen to them and really, really listen. Take that time out and listen and not think about what I'm going to say next. You know, by doing those things, that helps me. Going to a meeting and sitting there and listening to the person talking or listening to the literature that they're, they're laying down and thinking about what they're, they're, they're talking about, thinking about how do I identify, how can I, what can I get out of that. Then instead of thinking about what am I going to say, what am I going to say, I just want to go to the meeting so I can just share about how I'm miserable. No, man. They always say bring the mess to your sponsor, bring the message to the meeting. And that's one of the things that that, that my sponsors say. Don't be talking about how miserable you are. Bring that to me and we'll talk about it. We'll work it out. Do a tenth step on that thing. And, yeah, that's the way that works. I mean, for me. I'm just giving you the how I'm doing it. But, yeah, one day at a time doing this one day at a time, following my food play one day at a time, doing all these different things, picking up those tools. That We got that toolkit. We got that action plan. We got all these different things. Moving around, doing these things that help us on a daily basis. You know, making meetings. Meeting makers make it. Getting out there. Making meetings. Creating the meeting. Getting involved in the meeting. You know, making meetings in your area. You know, I'm all the way up here in, 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 what, in the Bronx, right? And I, I'm calling it the Bronx. It's the top of Manhattan. And there's, there's a meeting in the Bronx that I can go to and check it out. But I want a meeting over here. So know, I'm looking around, finding my people, looking around, seeing what's there. And I know one day I'm going to create a meeting here. You know, and it's not my meeting, but it's an OA meeting that other people could come to. And then, you know, hammer that out. Take the recommendations about making a meeting here and then do that. <sighs> Big book, most likely, because that's where the solution is. A lot of people that I see in groups, um, a lot of that re- main recovery, because I look around to see who's got that permanent recovery on a daily basis, looking around to see who's got those things. And a lot of people that got that permanent re- on a daily basis stuff 
are all involved with the big book. I mean, you know, I don't get that from the people that are sitting there white knuckling it. You know, you know, what do they say? Don't don't compulsively eat and go to meetings. A lot of them are miserable. You know, I didn't come in here to get miserable. I came in here to to be happy. I came in here to get a life. You know, and I do have a life now. Reaching out to other people, going to conventions, getting involved, meeting people, talking to people. It's great. I used to want to isolate and lock myself in and just be with my boxes and bags. And I don't do that today. You know, there's stuff to be done today. There's people to help today. You know, every day I thought, like, for the things that I did, I, I, I would have been dead. There's so many people there that are dead now because of this disease. So all I know is I just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Um, just for today. And then oh, I love it when I say, but when I talk to a friend and they're like, I was able to get abstinent today. I did it. I did it. And I said, whatever you did today, do it tomorrow. Oh, I got to do it again. Yeah, you, you got to do it again. And if you can, with God's help, all you have to do is meet your higher power halfway. You know, you lean towards, you know, your higher power, your higher power leans back towards you. It's always leaning towards you. All the roads are pointing towards it. All you got to do is do it. And anytime you get off that beam, get with people that are on that beam. Ask them how they're doing it. Take those recommendations. Do those things. Get involved. Get into it. Because you can have this on a day-to-day basis. You know, I, I want the day that I pass away for somebody to say, there goes a recovered person. You know, then I'll put that recovered at the end of it, at the end of my name. I'm recovered compulsive overeater when I'm dead. But right now, I'm just going through this process, trying to get that permanent recovery a day-to-day basis. I had it last night, and I could do it again tonight. Just getting involved, getting into it, doing the work, following the food plan. There's so many different things. You know, I don't know which is the thing that's making it get permanent. I don't know the thing that's keeping me abstinent, so I might as well try them all. When they gave me opportunities to eat food at a buffet or whatever, I wanted to try it all. You know, there's all these things in this program. I wanted to try them all. Try them all and do them all. Get involved. Do it all. Sounds crazy, but it works. It really does. And I thank you guys for being here, and I thank you guys for helping me stay permanently recovered for today. And you guys can get it too. So keep doing it. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep getting involved. I love you. Take care. Peace. Thank you so much, Phil, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us this morning, offering those who are still suffering a message of hope and possibility. We thank you. Let's take this opportunity, Phil, since you don't mind putting your uh, contact information on the recording if you want to repeat your phone number for everybody. Yes, Yes, I will. If you guys want to get in contact with me, feel free to call me anytime. My number is 646 Four zero nine four two six one. I'm a school teacher, so uh, usually not past ten o'clock on a school night. Or and also, don't forget the website uh, for uh, there's a solution. That's www.oabigbooknyc.org. Thanks. Thank you. Now we're going to transition to questions. Who has a question for Phil? He's ready and available to answer any questions. Star one to unmute. And identify yourself, please. This is Katie from Boston. Hey, Katie from Boston. 
Katie, good morning. Who else on the line would like to ask a question? Linda. I didn't catch hey, Linda. your name. Linda. Oh, Linda. Okay, thanks, Phil. Your yours are better than mine. Anybody else? Liz. For, Liz. Okay, let's start with those three to begin yes. with. Yes. Katie G. Go ahead. And this is Gail. Good morning. Oops. Okay, Gail, gotcha. Go ahead, okay. Katie. Hi, guys. Good morning. This is Katie G. Um, so thank you so much <clears throat> for your service and um, just really vital. love being in the book. And um, I guess my question that I'd love you to speak upon is this. Um, I've had some experience um, with the steps. I've been in the rooms um, going on 11 years. And um, what I've been suffering with is um, went through the steps and um, <laughs> finding new addictions, um, within the scope of compulsive overeating. So for me specifically, um, the manifestation of my allergy started coming up with exercise addiction, um, exercise bulimia specifically, and, um, you know, it became paramount to everything and whatnot. And um, thank God, you know, I'm going through the the work again, and um, it's just lighting up for me. And I just, um, like, I love what you said about, like, going to yoga and living your life, and um, because that's what I've done Unfortunately, what, I, what I've seen is that in recovery, like me going to yoga started off like three classes a week, right? And then it was like three hours a day before I knew it. You know, the phenomenon craving was ignited. And um, mm-hmm. I, my experience is that that's me, right? Like I like good stuff. And when I feel good, I want more. Like I love what you said. I want what I want when I want it. So um, not a very specific question, Phil. I just... Um, I want to keep the fire in my belly, right? I don't want anything to block me off from God. And I think um, for me, like, I get junked up really quickly, and, and I don't always know it. And I'm I'm telling you, Phil, I was doing step 10, I was doing step 11, but I'm very intellectual, and um, and it stopped going from my head to my heart. And so um, a lot of people have said, oh, well, you stopped living in 10, 11, and 12. Um, yeah, I, I was working 10, 11, and 12, but I was lying, you know, and I couldn't let go of that, you know. Um, I need to exercise. So um, I guess I was just hoping you could speak to if you have any experience with things like that and, and you know, what what has helped you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Hey, thank you so much uh, for your, your thing. Um, main point is don't be too smart for this recovery. Um, and and what, what you're talking about is a, a lot about the whack-a-mole theory, you know, that um, switching addiction. You know what I mean? If, if I'm feeling good, I'm going to take this thing all the way. You know, because I, me personally, I've noticed in life, I cannot like things a little bit. You know, for me, if I like checkerboards, I like every single thing must be checkerboard. If I like, say, for example, the movie, uh, when I was a little kid, I liked Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I would, you know, I had to go to the cast, be part of the thing, and go through that my whole life. And, and recently, it was the 40th anniversary, and I was actually there doing it still years and years and years. Over half my life spent there, for real. So I can get obsessed about anything, anything. So the main point is watch these things and watch about making these things your higher power. There can only be one. You can only serve one. So establish your higher power, stick to that, and then you find yourself, you know, exercise cannot become your higher power. When it becomes your higher power, guess what? You're, you're ignoring your higher power. So you've got to get back to that. I mean, incorporate your exercise, incorporate the things that, that you love, but just always remember, there can only be one higher power. There can only be one. Just saying, in my personal experience. Thank you. Thank you, KDG, for that question. Liz, your turn. 
Phil, thank you so much for what you said. Um, just one comment and then a question. Um, I'm wondering if a lot of um, a lot of uh, people who have trouble uh, uh, with the concept of work uh, are considering how much work it is to be in the disease uh, because it's a lot of work to be in the disease, and I think it's a lot more work to be in the disease than it is to do the work of the steps. Um, and uh, but I wonder also if the problem with um, steps and going through the process and finding higher power and also the idea of the work is the really the absence of the big book in so many meetings uh, mm -hmm. of anonymous and really the absence of um, the steps as they are written in the big book and there therefore the lack of the need for higher power. Um, and therefore, the real um, recoiling from that, as you've spoken about. Okay, let's see. Um, yes, I noticed in a lot of meetings, um, some meetings are, aren't into the big book, and a lot of them are more based on the kind of what they refer to as a group therapy model. Um, that was very big and popular in the 70s. A lot of people wouldn't do a big book thing. They just sit around there, let's all sit in a circle and talk about our feelings kind of a thing. But, you know, you'll notice in some meetings that that's going on, but is that really, and, and they read the steps for real, but is anybody truly working it? So sometimes it's incumbent upon you as a person that steps into a meeting like that to say, you know, to be, not to say, hey, you guys aren't doing this. What is incumbent upon you is to say, hey, guys, to share the solution. This is what I do. And you, if you're at a meeting over there and you've been through the steps and you're doing the thing, it's incumbent upon you to be at that meeting and find those people there that are sitting there and thinking that meetings are supposed to be about just regurgitating, you know, what's going on bad in their life. It's to turn that thing around. You start taking those people through the steps, start sponsoring people, start getting involved in doing that thing. A lot of people, uh, you know, at least what I've observed, um, and I'll say for me personally, in the beginning of this, I was trying to find every way not to do the steps. It was, I was looking for the easier, softer way. And then I find out that trying to avoid the steps and stuff like that is more work, as you were saying. It's, it's harder work to do, avoid that than to actually just do the work. It's easier to do the work. It's, it is the easier, softer way. No matter how many times people said that this is the easier, softer way, I had to burn my life down to the ground to uh, finally just do it. I had to exhaust every single avenue you know, they say, it's the last house on the block. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the, the last thing I tried. It's the first thing that worked. Thank you. Thank you, Liz, for your question. Gail T., your turn. Okay. I'm in the woods. I just came up a steep hill. Wow. And I might. All right. And I'm going to unmute because I'm with my dog. So as soon as I ask the question. All right, so I'm not a certified teacher, but I'm a team teacher, and I've been in the school for 12 years doing emotional and social intelligence. And you know how big a lot of the kids have become now. Mm. And also, also how facts have become beautiful. And I like that, too. So in that context that I just put, do you think going in and speaking to counselors 
about bringing in a Vision for You or a Big Book program with kids that volunteer to be in it could be workable or not workable on two levels with the kids and also the school. And now I'm going to meet. And thank you. All right, thank you so much for that question. That, that is a, that's a very interesting question, and I'll, I'll share my experience on this. Um, I always found that you're talking about blowing up your anonymity on a large scale, and also you're talking about another thing, which is kind of um, now I can not that I consider this a religious program; it is a spiritual program, and it also has that kind of separation of church and state kind of thing going on there too. Now, what I found out is. Um, I have um, revealed my anonymity to uh, like a health teacher. Actually, I talk a lot about people, uh, about my recovery, and I showed a lot of people, especially when you show them the picture, word gets around. And I have been approached by some bigger students or showed other students or teachers or people that worked in schools. And uh, some good results have come of it. And uh, they said if they ever wanted to do a class about that, and talk about that, would I be willing to speak? And yes, I would be willing to speak. So I would be willing to speak, but on a small scale, not like a big thing in front of the auditorium kind of a thing. But I, I kind of I kind of like, for me personally, the way that I do my 12-step my, my, uh, work like this is like, kind of like a sniper. You know, I kind of set my sights on, uh, you know, a couple of people that seem interested. Like when I throw it out there, like, hey, do you know I, you know, it comes up in conversation. Like if I'm eating something or in, in the, I'm in the, in in the, the lunchroom with the school, at the school, and the, all the teachers in the lounge, and they're all like, hmm, you look like you got some pretty healthy food there. I'm like, yeah, man, I used to be 300 pounds. That usually gets, that usually starts a conversation real fast. And I say, hey, want to see a picture? And I show them a picture, and they're like, how did you do that? And for some, some, People that I consider normal people, I will just say, ah, you know, eat right, exercise, do that kind of thing. And then there's some people that just don't take that one for an answer. They'll say, what did you really do? You know, when people are really interested or, you know, game recognizes game. You know a compulsive overeater or somebody in pro, that uh, a potential person when you see them or when you talk to them. And, you know, I just talk to them about my experiences, how it was before and when I came in and what I do now. And, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to, I've 12-stepped some people, <laughs> you know. Um, I, there was a, notably, there was a, a teacher at, at a school I was in, and um, she was able to, to get what I was talking about, get herself a sponsor, go through those steps, and get that recovery. And I was just like, that was really heartening to me. But for the kids, that's a different situation because you're dealing with kids, and they have parents and stuff like that, and you start talking to them about a spiritual thing like that. And I don't know, it gets, it gets, you've got to be very, very careful. Talk to the counselors and stuff like that if you're interested in something, and then let them take it from there. If you could speak as a speaker. All right? I'll leave it at that. Enough said. Thank you, Gail, for your mm-hmm. question. Who else has a question this morning for Phil? Star one to unmute. Hi, this is Matris from Michigan. Hello. Okay, anyone else? Hold on, Matris. Anyone else with a question this morning? Uh, Denise from Tennessee. Denise. Anyone else? Don't be shy. Yeah, I was like, people that don't want to ask a question, ask a question. That's that's the important thing. Exactly. Come on. 
Hi, this is Sandra. I'd like to ask a question. Okay, Sandra. That's what I'm talking about. Excellent. Okay. Matrix, go ahead. Thank you. Hi, Phil. I I have sleep apnea, and I mm-hmm. just wanted to know, do you still have the sleep apnea? Uh, let me tell you about that. That, that was an interesting situation. Um, I had the sleep apnea. I had the surgery. Remember the surgery for the sleep apnea that was going on? Yeah. That going on? And guess what? It didn't work. It didn't mm. work. Um, but what happens is I had, I had the, 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 the CPAP machine and all that, but only through doing the step work and losing the weight. You know, now it's, it's lost like 125 pounds or so like that. And, um, you know, upon losing that weight, I went back to the sleep apnea doctor to get checked out. And he says, I no longer need to use my, my machine, don't need the CPAP machine anymore, don't need it anymore. In fact, he was, he was amazed at, at the results. And it was all, it, it, was, it was OA completely and a power greater than myself. God. Wow. So, so you can get um, that. Yeah, they want me to lose 40 pounds, and um, they said I may not have it if I lose it. But I'm finding it hard with the steps because I've been through the steps, but it's still not, you know, I still get into the food. So I don't know if the sponsor is how I'm going through the steps is not the right way. I I don't quite get it. Well, let me ask you, are you going through the big club? Yeah, I... Uh, and you're going uh, through it the right way. Okay, okay. You know what? Okay. Just, just, just trust the situation. What you should do is focus more energy on doing the step work. Focus all your energy on doing the step work. And trust me, God, and uh, keep keep praying and asking your higher power to relieve you of the bondage itself. And trust me, the food will start to be not as important as it used to be because that's the way it was for me. It was lifted without me even thinking about it. I was just like... You know, because I was in the food, I was in the food, I was in the food, and all, and I was doing the step work and doing stuff, and then all of a sudden it started being more about the step work and more about doing the work and more about doing the stuff, and the food started falling by the wayside. And next thing you know, you know, people were saying, hey, you're looking good, you're looking good. And then I started realizing, oh, I haven't been focusing on the food, you know. So you just keep sticking around, keep doing the work. All right, good luck. Thank you, Matrix. Denise, your turn. Hi, um, I'm Denise from East Tennessee, and I would like to hear a little bit about the period that you say you came into the rooms and the six or eight months which followed that finally resulted in your beginning of your recovery. Sure. Um, Yeah. Thank All right, you. so you're talking about that tumultuous time right there, just coming in like I knew that OA was the solution for me because actually I came in through the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous first. When I did that, and I, I went through the steps there, and I thought that that was cool, but except when I was going to, <laughs> I would go to AA meetings, and I would sit there and I would dog the, 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 the snack table. I would jump on that, whatever items they had there, and people were like getting really seriously mad at me. Um, I remember I was working steps with my sponsor, and um, I would uh, order the lumberjack special, and then and then afterwards try to lick the plate. Oh, I had that, and then had dessert with that, and and tried to lick the plate. And my sponsor grabbed the plate out of my hand, and we were wrestling with it for real. And he just looked at me in the eyes and said, "You don't have to do this." 
And I said, but I paid for it. It's my right to lick that plate. And he said, you might want to go into a program uh, for the th- in the order of the things that are killing you. Alcohol and drugs were killing you, and they no longer are. But you might want to do something else. And then I was able to hear him, and I let him put the plate down. And I didn't lift that plate. And I said, I got to do something else. I got to stop this thing. And it was it was hard. And because when I came in, a lot of rationalization, a lot of um, you know trying to get that food plan, and then trying to rationalize. You know, I can have this pie. It has fruit in it. I'm eating fruit. And then my uh, sponsor would be like, No, that's not that's 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 not you know that's not good. <laughs> and I'm like, What? You know, a lot of rationalism, but it, can't I have this thing? Can't I have that thing? And it was just like a lot of what it was focusing on the different foods and stuff like that. And then I started realizing it's not about that. And it's about, you know, doing the work. Once I started like being able to, it, it was a transition. There was a, a moment in there, I can't even pinpoint it because I was just getting so involved, going to the meetings and just doing it, meeting people and calling people and doing these things and suddenly I turned around and my life had transformed through no, no thing of my own. You know what I mean? I mean, I was doing work and then I realized, oh, my life had completely changed. People were commenting, people were talking to me. And then next thing you know, I mean, I'm sitting there focusing on helping others and doing these things, taking sponsors through. And, and then I look back and like, whoa, my whole life changed. That was, that was something that was not of me, really. And I'm appreciative. Thanks. Thank you, Denise. Sandra, your turn. Hi, this is Sandra. Hey, Sandra. Did you? Hi, I'm. I'm sorry. I have a cold. Thank you, Phil. And and thank you, everyone on the line. I'm great. I'm glad. Great. I'm glad the meeting exists. Um, Phil. I am unfortunately still in the disease, and mm-hmm. I have um, talked to some wonderful people on this line that when I reach out, I get phone calls, and um, and I've been up and down, and it's body abstinence for the last year. I did get like nine months. <clears throat> but anyway, I so the last person I spoke to was, was wonderful, and she um, just suggested I pray for the willingness. Because I want to get, even what I remember in being abstinent, I felt so much better than um, what I feel now. But I didn't really embrace the steps. And I was in an offshoot of OA, and they, they just felt I should get abstinent before I um, worked the steps. But I'm in another program where we really, really work the steps, and I get it. And I'm really seeing recovery in that program. But my food is just, up and down, and um, and so I know the importance of the steps. I know the importance of the, the the spiritual solution, and I don't have any doubt. I I in fact the reason why I have this cold right now is because I think I overate substances that my body does not you know doesn't agree with me, and my body is just resisting it. And I continue to do it when I get stressed. I go pick up so. Um, and I, I do ask God to help me. And um, so right now I'm feeling humble because I, I don't I physically don't feel good. And it happened almost immediately after I, I binged on one of my binge foods. And so 
what I want to know from you, though, um, because I have the number of a nutritionist, and I'm, I'm, I've been saying I'm going to call that person and go get um, a food plan, and then I want to, I want to work the steps. But for me, I need to. Um, I'm, I'm, someone said I'm real intellectual, and I get it. I'm, all, I'm a planner. I, I am. Um, I, I need some. I need to know how things work. At least, how did you start? It's a moment when you just acquiesce and say, okay, I'm God, just take over. I I can't. Did you start with the steps first? Did you get a full plan? I mean, what did you do? What, what, how did you get started? Okay, um, let's see. I started doing the steps um, actually before I got abstinent. And remember, because I, I was doing the step work, and I was going in and out and in and out and in and out. Um, but then, like, so, yeah, because I see a lot of people that say you can't work you know, you know, you can't work with people until you're abstinent. And I understand because it's kind of like trying to 12-step a drunk person. I understand that. But I believe that some people, even when they're in and out and in and out and out, they're going to – the main point is to get them to do that step work so they can get that concept of a power greater than themselves. And, you know, and I highly encourage you to call that nutritionist and get that food plan and then stick to it. The main point is it's about me – having the ability to let go of that thing that is killing me. You know, am I willing to not do that thing, align my will to a power greater than myself? Once I believe in a power greater than myself and I have that concept in step two, then I turn my will over to that. And there's going to be, I'm going to be taking back my will like it's going out of style. And I got to, this is an ego crushing program. So, you know, I have to, you know, there's times that I did stuff that was bad and I had to call my sponsor and said, you gave me the suggestion to do this and I did the opposite thing. And he says, so how'd that work for you? And I said, it did not work. And to be able to get that humility of doing that and, you know, being able to be like, you know, how many times I got to bang my head against the wall? How many times? How many more times I got to do this thing? So I just got to let those things go. And just be, and, and don't, don't beat myself up about it. But pick myself up off and do it again. You know, my higher power is in there is willing to help. But, you know, it, like I said before, my higher power is going to help me with the things that I can't do for myself, but there's things that I can do for myself. And one of those things that I can do for myself is not take that first compulsive bite. If I could just not do that first compulsive bite thing and I could pray for it, I could be like, God, please help me don't do this thing. And then, but then you have to take the action and not do that. Then you have to turn away from that behavior. You have to call other people. You have to do these things. You have to set plan A, B, C, D, E in place so that you have safeguards against doing that first compulsive bite because I want to self-soothe with the food. I feel like acting out any reason. I act out when I'm happy. I act out when I'm sad. So, you know, I got to just get on that. And if I just do that one thing, and I found that, if you, the more that you keep practicing it, because there's going to be times you're going to slip, stumble, and fall over and over again. But then if you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, eventually you'll get that automaticity where you, you're able to do it off the top of your head. Like, I, don't, I know not to do that thing. You know, there, there was an incident that I was going to, um, my girlfriend had to pick up some, some dessert items for a friend, and we went, uh, there was a, the place that they'd buy those things, and I didn't go into the shop. I just didn't. I just stood outside and just chilled, and it wasn't like, oh, the world's going to end if I go in there, but you know what? I just didn't want to be around that. I didn't want to be smelling it. 90% of taste is smell, and I don't want to be smelling it right now, 
because it's going to bring back some things. It's going to bring back that sexiness, and I know those things, and that's the automaticity. I knew not to go in there, and I toyed with it, but you know what? It's not for me, not today. If I want to get that permanent recovery today, that is what I had to do is not go in, and that's my rewarding the first compulsive bite by not even going inside for that. Thanks. Thank you, Sandra, for the question. Anyone else with questions today for Phil? A lot of good questions. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hi, this is Diane in Maine. Hi, Diane. Anyone else? Hold on, Diane. Thanks. This will be our last invitation for questions, I believe, so... Yeah, I want to see if there's any guys out there. Is there any yeah, guys where are the guys? Come out of the yeah, weeds, man. guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. Jody E. Jody. Anyone else? Let's get a fellow. Any fellows out there with questions? It's cool. I know some people are being shy. It's all right. It was just take down my number and call me later. It's all good. Star one, I would, like, I would like to ask a question. And your name? Cindy. Cindy from Chicago. Cindy from Chicago. Okay. And anyone else? Going once. Twice. Three times. Okay. Let's start with Diane. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to ask Phil, um, how do you keep it simple? Um, I have a sponsor who told me that today, and um, my thoughts are obsessive, not about food. Um, and also, I've been taking a medication that I'm just um, off one and low uh, low dose on the other. And uh, so, thank you. That's it. Okay, can you repeat that question? It's a medication thing. Say that again. Oh, um, my thoughts are obsessive, and they—they. What I do is I make a commitment to do something, and then I second guess it. Uh, Ah, overcomplicating it, right? You want to know about how to keep it simple. I do. Okay, here's here's what you do. Whatever direction that has been given to you, Mm -hmm. just keep it one sentence long. You know, if you're if you're if your sponsor says one thing, can they put it into one sentence? And then do that thing. You know what I mean? Because like you were saying, for me too, I could I could overguess things. I could overcomplicate. I could complicate a glass of water for real. Is this glass going to have ice? Should I put it in a sippy cup? Should I put it in this kind of a thing? What should I do? Do I need a straw? Do I not need a straw? I always drive myself nuts. Main point: have glass of water. Take out take out all extra words. Drink water. But but, but, but what kind of cup does it need to be in? Just drink water. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's in a trowel. Do whatever you're going to do. Just drink it. <laughs> Keep it simple. Super simple. Take out all extra words. 
Right on. Next. Thank you very much. Jody E., your turn. Good morning. My name is Jody E., a grateful recovered bulimic in California. Thank you, Phil. Hey, Jody. Hey. Uh, my question is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just recently finished working the night, well, night through the steps, reading through the big book with my sponsor, and um, I haven't finished uh, my amends though. Mm-hmm. And um, as I as I contemplate everyone on my list, there are some people that. Um, I have made amends to in the past because they've been on my list for years. And I guess my question is, um, do I make yet another amends, verbal amends, or do I just focus in on li- living amends? Oh, you know what? That's a that's a call for your sponsor to to, to tell you. I mean, when when you do that ninth step amends for me, I know that there's some people that I have to do eyeball to eyeball amends with and show how I've changed. And there are some things that I have, um, uh, you know, living amends. Like say, for example, there was a lot of ex girlfriends that I wanted to do like nice talking amends, and my sponsor was quick to be like, Ah, oh, man, you're just doing that because you want them to see how good you look now. Stop that. You know, you show that the, you show the living amends to all your ex-girlfriends by not being, you know, using you know you don't use people, you don't do these things, and you treat you know your next girlfriend with respect and kindness and all those other things instead of acting the way that you used to do out of fear, out of out of need, out of want that you're never going to get anything again, like you know, like the dog trying to eat everything because he's never going to get anything ever again. Don't use people. Don't do those things. Turn away from that behavior. That's how I do a living amend. So you have to think of it like that. Your sponsor will make the call. Thank you, Jody E. And our last question this morning comes from Cindy from Chicago. Hi, my name is Cindy. Hey, Cindy. I have a question for you. Um, I honed in on you said that you, my husband and I are recovering alcoholics and we're working uh, out a program, but um, the disease that's killing us right now is food. So mm. I just have a question. Yes, I have a question for you, like um, a suggestion of where to begin, like work two programs at once, but the disease that right now is killing us is food. Okay, understood. How long have you guys got in, in AA recovery? Eight years. Eight years? I have eight years. Oh, well, you know what? November 1st, I will have eight years. Let's not take another day out. <laughs> if I could get to November 1st, okay, without a drink, I'll have eight years. So, yeah, I found that when I got, uh, after I had my first year uh, in AA, then that's when my sponsor said, you know, to go fully all in OA. So, you know what? For a while there, I was pleased. In early recovery, I was doing like two meetings. I was doing an OA and an AA meeting a day. I was not even playing around. But then, now it's 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 boiled down. I mean, because you're people in a relationship and, and normal life stuff like that. I mean, you got to work it out. Like if you're going to a meeting a day or listening to a meeting a day, you got to figure out like some days are OA meetings, some days are AA meetings, and then you guys got to both get OA sponsors. I have OA sponsor and AA sponsors, and I work the steps in both programs. And um, 
the main point is when you find that you're going through the steps in the OA program with uh, the, the AA Big Book and the, also the OA 12 and 12, you'll find that you are going to be getting deeper in your fourth step, deeper in stuff, things that you remember, things that will come to you. And, you know, you're going to get deeper in those things. And whatever you guys do, don't get involved in each other's programs. That is some Al-Anon stuff up in there. So, you know, and don't sabotage each other. The main point is you focus on your recovery. Your husband's going to focus on his recovery. And now that the twain shall meet. Just a suggestion. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks to everybody who asked questions this morning. And, of course, thank you so much, Phil, for your service and your generous spirit this morning. We thank you very much. Again, you can contact Phil by calling 646-409-4261, and that's Mm -hmm. Eastern Time. And I'm going to close this morning the way we always close here on A Vision for You, and that's from page 164. Thanks again, Phil. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find. And join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.